kind of a special song, especially for this week, because on Tuesday night there will be ordination and consecration and commissioning and uh, a people that are entering into various forms of ministry. And always that song is played and there's an altar call for people to respond to, to God's call upon their life to go out in ministry. So today is the fifth message in our 5G series, and we won't be talking about cell phone plans, but we're going to start by talking about movies and TV shows that have a Christian theme. Now, some are overtly Christian. In other words, they they tell the story of Jesus and his disciples like The Chosen. The Chosen is a series that's going to start the the third uh, season of the series in a little bit. Um, and this chosen imagines what life was like for the disciples, kind of gives the backstory as they are, are going about with Jesus. Anybody have seen that program? Anybody seen The Chosen? There's a few hands out there. Um, starting June 15th, we're going to have a new Bible study group that will be based around episodes of The Chosen, and it's kind of a low-key way uh, to start looking at the life of Jesus. So if you have friends and family that maybe wouldn't go to a regular Bible study, this might be something to invite them to. And, of course, uh, for any of us, uh, it can be helpful to take a fresh look at Jesus, to see the stories that we know so well from a a little different angle. So it's open to anyone. Well, there are shows like that, like The Chosen, that are specifically about Jesus. Jesus. But then there, there are other shows, TVs and, and movie shows, movies that on the surface have nothing to do with Jesus. But there is a scene or a line of dialogue or something happens in it and it causes you to think about Jesus. And for me, that happens every time that I watch Mission Impossible. And whether that be the, the old TV show with Peter Graves or the the movie series with Tom Cruise, I can't help but think about Jesus every time I hear that famous phrase, your mission, Jim, should you choose to accept it, or your, your mission, Ethan, should you choose to accept it. Now, of course, in Mission Impossible, you know that that message is going to self-destruct in five seconds. But Jesus' message never self-destructs. First Peter 125 says, But what the Lord has said will stand forever. Our good news to you is what the Lord has said. But what has the Lord said? Well, the Lord has said in Matthew 28, Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go and make disciples. That's the mission of the church. That's the commission Jesus has given us. We call it the Great Commission. And it's his last words in the Gospel of Matthew. Here we pick up with verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee. Remember, Judas is no longer alive. To the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So our fifth G word is go, because that's our mission. Actually, mission means go. Well, sort of anyways. Technically, it means sent. Latin uh, for sent is missio. And when Jesus sends you, you go. So we're going to look at go today. Let's look back at, at that commission, that sending. Where, where does Jesus send us? Well, it says in verse 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. The Good News Translation puts it this way, Go to all peoples everywhere. He sends us everywhere to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, now you're probably thinking, I can't even make a decent pancake. How can I make a disciple? But that's okay. Because we are called to do this together. This is the great commission, or the great co-mission. Co means together, and mission means sent. And commission means sent together. We are sent together to the world to share the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't do it on our own. We do it together. And that's why Jesus made the church. Every one of us has been given a gift by the Holy Spirit to bless others. We heard about that a couple of weeks ago. But none of us have all the gifts. Us have all the gifts. And even if we did, we couldn't go to all the world ourselves. No, we are in this together. Now, some of you have been sent by God to far off places. I know that uh, uh, in years past, this church has done mission trips with some of the other uh, churches in Hastings, uh, Mission Mexico. Anybody go to on the Mission Mexico trips? Or oh, there's some some hands uh, there. Or perhaps you've gone to Puerto Rico or Redbird Mission in Kentucky. Uh, any of you have gone on any kind of mission trip? Raise your hand if you've gone on any kind of mission trip. All right, quite a few hands out there. See, God has, has sent some of us to go to other places, even foreign countries or other states, to share the good news of Jesus. I've mentioned Pastor Vang to you before. He was originally from Southeast Asia, but he was living in Minnesota when he got cancer. And he felt God's call to, to go back to his homeland and to share Jesus with the people there if he survived his cancer. Well, he did, and he did. Now, he wasn't a pastor. He was just an ordinary uh, person. And yet, in sharing Jesus with the people back there in Southeast Asia, he, he managed to gather dozens of groups of Christians. And he didn't become a pastor until these Christians said, um, when can we get baptized? And he says, well, we'll need to get a pastor. And so he was licensed by the United Methodist Church to be that pastor. Now, the communist government didn't like him going around sharing Jesus, but he boldly and courageously did. And he brought many, many people to be disciples. 
Now, maybe Jesus is calling you to go on a mission to another country, whether that be short-term or even long-term as a missionary. We've sent out missionaries from this congregation to many places. But maybe Jesus is sending you to a place that's much, much closer. Maybe Jesus is telling you to go to your workplace, to your neighborhood, to your friends and family. It's not just people in East Asia that that need to know about Jesus. God sends us to people close by too. All peoples everywhere. And to be quite frank, it's often more frightening to try to share Jesus in the area that knows us, whether it be our town, our family, our workplace, our school, than it is to share Jesus in a far-off country. I've gone on a number of mission trips, and it was always a lot easier to, to even start up a conversation about Jesus in those places. You know, you, you, you're new to town, and, and somebody says, well, well, who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing here? And you say, well, we're from a church in Minnesota. And we're here because God has, has sent us. He knows about the need that you have here, and he sent us to help take care of it. That's just what we do as Christians. And then that usually sparks a conversation and you can talk about your faith. But it's, it's not so easy when it's right here, is it? Makes it more difficult. That's why I've read so many books and I've gone to so many seminars and taken so many classes on how to make a disciple right here. I was looking for the, the right technique or just the right words to make disciples of the people that God sent me to here. And for a while, one of the big trends in in sharing Jesus was developing an elevator speech. Have you ever heard of that, the elevator speech? We're told to imagine that we were on an elevator with someone, and you only had the time between floors, or between stops, to share Jesus. Now what would you say? We were asked to write it down and then to memorize it so we were ready to share the gospel with someone in 30 seconds or less. Now, I think the people that developed that technique must not have been from Minnesota. (laughs) First of all, who talks to strangers in an elevator? You know the rules. You step into the elevator, and if there's another person there, you immediately turn to stand shoulder and shoulder and stare at the door. Do not make eye contact and do not say a word. And if you're already on the elevator and are standing in front of the buttons, then you may ask what floor they're going to and press the button. After all, Minnesotans are nice and kind. But otherwise, you are to pretend that you're the only person on the elevator and you have a deep fascination with the back of the elevator door. You want to cause a panic in a Minnesota elevator? Step into the elevator, and instead of turning around, stay facing the people in front of you. (laughs) Want to make it worse? Look them in the eye and start talking to them. Sheer panic. You know, I've never really understood the elevator speech approach to making disciples. Yes, the Bible tells us in, in 1 Peter 3, in your hearts revere 
Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But notice it says, everyone who asks you. And I guarantee you, they ain't going to ask you about Jesus on an elevator. Not in Minnesota. It takes time to get into a conversation like this. It takes a relationship. As the old expression goes, nobody cares what you know until they know that you care. And that's especially true with Jesus. Which is why listener evangelism is so important. I learned that concept from my friend Fred Vanderwerth, who was uh, a missionary to Ukraine. He says, you don't go someplace thinking that God has never been there and that everybody is just waiting for you to come and tell them what you know about Jesus. He says, you go there trusting that the Holy Spirit has already been at work there. And when you get there, you listen first. And only later may you get the opportunity to tell your story. And that applies just as much here as it does in a foreign country. In this month's uh, Upper Room devotional book that, uh, by the way, you can pick up by the door, there is uh, a devotional written by Jamie Gustafson. She writes that she and a Christian friend decided that they would take walks through their town and pray for their neighbors and ask God's guidance and how best to show them Jesus. And one day they prayed specifically for opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus to their neighbors. And the very next day God answered their prayer. And their neighbors did something that they'd never done before. They approached Jamie and her friend and they asked for help. An elderly neighbor needed gas. A young mother's well broke and they got her water. Another mother was hospitalized and and needed diapers for her baby. A family's car broke down and, and Jamie gave them a ride. She says, such situations continue to this day. People are grateful and amazed that that Jamie helps them so readily, and they're more open to hearing about Jesus after they've received tangible signs of his love from their Christian neighbors. Now, Jamie's town happens to be Buryatia, Siberia. But you know that same thing applies to Hastings, Prescott, the Twin Cities, and Minnesota. Wherever we go, when we listen to what's going on in people's lives and respond in Christ-like love, we open the door to sharing Jesus and making new disciples who do the same. After all, that's our mission. We are sent to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching everything Jesus has said. And we do it together. It's our great co-mission. That's why, whenever possible, we do baptisms as a part of the gathered community on a Sunday morning when we have worship. It's not that that a baptism can't be done in another place. In the Bible, they're done all over. But we like to do them when we gather here as a people. 
to remind ourselves and the new disciples that we are in this together. That we are all part of God's church that has been given a mission. The mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the whole, the whole world. And so this week, I want to I give you a challenge. And the challenge is to think of yourself as on a mission from God. Now, I know that's another movie, and we're not going to go there. But think of yourself as on a mission from God. Someone sent in the name of Jesus. So when you go to your school, think of yourself as someone sent there by Jesus to love the people of your school. When you go to the store, think of yourself as not there only for bread and milk, but there for the possibility of being Jesus to someone there. When you're out for lunch, listen to what's going on in somebody else's life and think that maybe you have an opportunity to share your story of what Jesus has done for you because you are on a mission from God. Your mission should you choose to accept it, is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Go and make disciples. Now, in, in Mission Impossible, the recording always ends the message about the mission by saying, as always, should any member of your team be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. In other words, if it's a mission impossible mission and the mission goes sideways or things get tough, well, you're on your own. But as Christians, you are never on your own. You've got us, the church. But most of all, you have Jesus. Did you notice the way that he ends his mission? His mission statement? He says we're Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When things get tough, when the mission gets hard, I won't abandon you. I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. That message won't self-destruct. That message will last for eternity. A message to you and me. Go and make disciples. And I'll go with you. Let's pray. Jesus, you have given us this message to go and make disciples. It's hard, it's difficult, it's scary sometimes. But we do it together. We do it together with each other and we do it together with you. So we do accept the mission. We do accept your call. Thank you, Lord, for the invitation. Amen.